You know, it feels like around this time of year, uh, if you're watching cable TV, you're likely seeing the movie Twister uh, come up as an option to watch. Kind of goes hand in hand with tornado season, summertime weather. Even if you're not watching it lately, you're probably familiar with it because this movie was absolutely massive back in 1996. Bear with me. We are going somewhere with this. So in the movie, you might remember meteorologists deployed these weather sensors into the heart of an active tornado. And what they would do with these sensors is they would collect data and basically revolutionize weather safety. It was it was a big deal in the movie. Now, something similar is happening in 2023 with technology kind of like that, what was used in that movie, and it's happening here in Alberta. So we're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's the executive director of Western University's Northern Hail Project, Julian Brimelow. Julian, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. So, okay, Julian, let's talk about hailsons. I hope that I'm saying that right. These are essentially sensors kind of modeled after the technology that we saw in the movie Twister. Can you explain these? Right. Um, so, first of all, I have to give full credit to my colleague at the Bureau of Meteorology, Dr. Joshua Sodoholm. Uh, he was the brainchild of these uh, hailsons. And um, from what he's told me, yes, he was somewhat inspired by the Twister movie. Um, he never thought that it was going to see the light of day. And uh, we're really happy that this year we were able to work with Joshua and get him in the right place at the right time to release some of these songs into a storm. So has this been something that's been attempted to be recreated since that movie came out? How long has this been something that's been being worked on? Um, well, Joshua has been working on this for at least five years, um, and it, it's been made possible with the miniaturization of electronics um, in the last couple of decades. You know, previously it just wasn't an option, but we're in this day and age now. Um, you know, you can buy a lot of the stuff off the shelf, even. Uh, although Joshua is working very closely with a company in Scandinavia to, to build these songs and the technology that we used. So what what do hail songs exactly do? They go into an Alberta hailstorm and they were put into an Alberta hailstorm. What is the purpose of them? What did what information do they gather? Uh, that's a good question. So uh, well, let me just describe what it looks like. So if you can imagine their mind's eye. So imagine a, a white uh, polystyrene ball about just a bit smaller than a tennis ball, about six centimeters across. And that has a little antenna sticking out of it. And on the south pole of this uh, little ball, there's a sensor on the surface which measures temperature and humidity. Uh, there's a couple of other sensors inside that measure pressure, and there's a GPS to get, so we can get the location and you know information about movement. And uh, this is all communicated in real time um, to a ground station. Where, you know, once the balloon is released, so we release this attached to a balloon. And uh, we do it into what we call the inflow of a thunderstorm. A thunderstorm is really a, just a giant vacuum cleaner that's sucking in all this high energy air and, you know, tossing it way high in the atmosphere, you know, up to 11, 13 kilometers, even higher. And uh, we, we have some good ideas as to what's going on in these thunderstorms, um, but we don't know everything. And, uh, you know, we probably know more about the, the winds in a tornadic storm than we do about exactly what goes on when we're growing hail that grows to be, you know, five, six, eight, or even 10 centimeters in diameter. So when, when we get information back that, hey, the updraft has literally grabbed the balloon that the sonde is attached to, uh, we tell the balloon, okay, cut the tether, and the electronics on the board cut the tether, 
And uh, at that from that point on, the, the sand is on its own, and it's just following the air currents in the storm. And this this particular song that we released two that were successful, we have a number of unsuccessful deployments because, as you can imagine, it's really tricky yeah. to do. And uh, th- this one went on one heck of a wild ride. So between the time we let it go, uh, it went all the way up to seven kilometers above ground level. Um, at one point, it was rising a kilometer every 30 seconds. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and and... 12 minutes later, it was back on the ground. Wow. And uh, we, we know for a fact that there was some ice growth on the surface of the sand, just based on the data retrieval we got. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to collect it because we did this about 130 kilometers west of Edmonton. And uh, we were literally in the boonies. You know, we were, we were in um, the forest, the boreal forest, uh, because that's where the storms were. We had to kind of go to them uh, the, uh, to, to get into position. So, yeah, that, that, that's what we were excited to reach. And we're still looking into the data. So with the success of this launch of this hail sound into this hailstorm, which, yeah, I want to touch on a little bit. It must have been so difficult to actually get it to, to work properly into this very specific storm and environment. What is it that you were hoping to learn from it? Was there anything that surprised you? Um, what we were hoping to learn, okay, does this concept work? You know, can because up until now, uh, Joshua had not being successful in deploying one of these hail songs into a strong storm. He'd released them into some weak storms, uh, you know, garden variety thunderstorms. Um, and then they'd only really, you know, gone a, not very high and not very fast. Uh, so what we wanted to see, well, what kind of trajectory is a hailstone following? Because we have very sophisticated numerical weather prediction models now uh, that we run offline. These aren't the kind of models that are used to generate the weather forecast we see. These are basically uh, scientific models that we run offline to to study things in better detail. And they're producing very realistic looking storms that have very plausible trajectories of hail growing in them. But we don't know for sure if these trajectories are right. And uh, we know from the two songs that we got into the storm is that the models are doing a very good job because uh, you know, it, some people, for example, think that you know, hail grows by going on wild vertical excursions in a thunderstorm, you know, up, down. But this, the sun just, or this hailstone, I guess, went up, uh, crossed the updraft, kind of got spat out, and then descended. And all this time, it was, you know, that this particular storm was a supercell, which means it has a rotating updraft. Um, and it was, you know, following those rotating winds within the storm as it moved through it. So we, we're really happy to see that the results were reflecting, um, you know, what, what the computer modeling is suggesting to us. Okay, talking about hail sons, uh, essentially sensors uh, that you can send up into a hailstorm with the right conditions is obviously something very difficult to do to then learn some data from those hailstorms. Juliet, I have some questions about where you think this technology can go. Where do you hope to see this this move forward? Um, but let's take a short break. We're going to come back into this conversation in just a couple of minutes. Our guest is the executive director of Western University's Northern Hail Project, Julian Brimelow, talking about this movie-inspired technology from the movie twister uh, that is collecting hail data from the eye of a storm here in alberta we'll be right back in three minutes 
Okay, so we're talking a little bit about the movie Twister, which obviously came out in 1996. This was a huge hit. In that movie, there were these weather sensors that the tornado team would would put into the heart of an active tornado, and then they would collect data from that. Now, something similar is happening, uh, and it's working here when it comes to hailstorms here in Alberta. These hailsons are essentially sensors, which are modeled after the technology that we saw in that movie Twister, and are collecting data from the eye of the storm. Our guest is the executive director of Western University's Northern Hail Project, Julian Brimelow. Julian, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. So let's just talk a little bit about where this technology can go. Where do you see hail sons and their ability to be put into the eye of hailstorm to collect data going in the future? What do you hope from this? Uh, well, we hope uh, we can get Joshua back again next summer and that the storms will be a little more cooperative and allow us to, you know, release these over the cropland where we have better access to roads. But, you know, we only released two successfully this year. And with this technology, we can release up to about eight songs at a time and track them all individually. And uh, so, you know, release what we call maybe a, a, a swarm of them and uh, release them every few minutes as we are following along with the storm and, uh, you know, model many more. You know, I think we think there are many ways that hail can be grown in a hailstorm. There's no one single pathway. Uh, and we want to know what those pathways are. So uh, there also could be some further miniaturization or adding more sensors that can give us more information. So, but now that we know the concept works, we can start investigating, uh, you know, making them smaller or, or adding more sensors. But for now, we want to try to release more of them and collect more data. Why, Julian, is learning about hail important? Why is this, why is this something that has an impact? Uh, hail is incredibly damaging phenomenon, and it's causing billions of dam- dollars in damages annually across the planet. And... You know, for a long time now, with the focus has been on tornadoes, and rightly so. Right, tornadoes can be incredibly deadly and also cause a lot of damage. But uh, you know, hail was a bit of a, a, a silent sleeper for a while. But now there seems to be a resurgence of really big hail, damaging hail events, and partly that's driven by population growth. You know, we have bigger cities with more targets to hit, but we're also seeing evidence maybe that the climate's changing and we're getting more of these severe storms. And we still don't understand as much as one might think. Like something as simple about, well, how fast or slow does a hailstone fall? For spheres, that's very easy. But these are complicated shapes, you know, with knobbly surfaces. And uh, they're they're not, you know, they're very tricky to do. And, of course, when they hit the ground, they melt. They're gone. Uh, This way we can follow a hailstone from, you know, its birth right through the, the storm and then ultimately collect it on the ground and we'll have all the data along that trajectory. And then we can collect hailstones in the vicinity of that, you know, and learn about, okay, well, these stones probably followed a similar trajectory. And we, and we can ultimately improve our models of hail and uh, even simple things like calculating their full speed by betting at, having a better handle on, you know, what hail is experiencing as it grows and then falls back to the surface. Well, Julian, it's really interesting work. Thank you so much for making the time this afternoon to talk about it. I'm very happy to share with you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Take care. Bye. You too. That's Julian Brimelow, Executive Director of Western University's Northern Hail Project, talking about these hail songs inspired by the movie Twister, uh, which collects hail data from the eye of the storm.